0: Hello, welcome to The Signal. I'm Alec Martin.
1: And I'm Sarah Moore. We're with the audio workshop at the University of King's College School of Journalism.
0: Today on the show, Canada's Ocean Playground has a whole new meaning since COVID struck.
1: People are very much rallying around their ocean uh, and especially like the ocean in their backyard.
0: We'll hear how citizen scientists are monitoring our coasts and learning to float. And we take away sound, we
2: take away light, we take away gravity, we take away temperature, and you just. Hang out in here and try to let go of all the stresses in your life.
1: The first of our series on what people are doing to cope with pandemic stress. We'll find out about flotation therapy.
0: Plus, later, we're getting into the Christmas spirit a bit early.
1: And get some details about Neptune Theaters' upcoming Christmas show. All that and more on today's show.
0: Right, but first... A new report shows that recreational cannabis is a growing moneymaker for the Nova Scotia Liquor Commission. And that's despite the fact people are making fewer trips to the cannabis store. Darren Calbrezzi is just leaving the NSLC Cannabis Store on Clyde Street. He's one of the Nova Scotians who are buying more cannabis than before the pandemic began.
3: If we really want to get into it, dealing with anxieties of lost family members and such, so uh, it's to help me sleep. I can't say it doesn't have anything to do with COVID because, of course, we have the last eight months of emotional baggage, but uh, I think it's just a matter of this is just when it happened.
0: He's not alone. A recent report from the NSLC shows their cannabis customers are spending an extra $11 per visit on average. But that doesn't mean they're visiting more often. In fact, the number of transactions are down almost 7%. Earlier in the year... They drop by more than 20.:
4: Of the seven acres
3: white widow: Seven acres white widow coming up.:
0: Beverly Ware speaks for the NSLC. She says people are buying more weed at a time, and that COVID isn't the only factor in this bulk buying.
5: Customers are purchasing larger package sizes during the pandemic, and the reason they're doing that is that they want to make fewer trips to our stores, which is in keeping with public health protocol. And there's a second reason, actually, and that's because we now have a 28-gram package size available to customers, which wasn't available earlier in legalization.
0: The new package size brings down the price per gram, in some cases, to less than $5. Overall, it's a rosy picture for cannabis sales in Nova Scotia, The commission says it made an additional $4 million this summer and fall, compared to the same time last year. It's partly that better deals abound, but people may also be following public health advice and limiting the number of times they shop. For The Signal, I'm Alec Martin.
1: Thanks, Alec. When people were forced to stay home because of the pandemic, some spent more time outdoors and became much more in tune with their environment. Now, a Nova Scotian study is asking for their input to track changes to the ocean in their backyard. When Nova Scotia beaches reopened to the public in May, they were flooded with people. Claire Parsons is a Halifax surfer who's out on the water most days. This summer was the busiest she's ever seen, even when the waves weren't very good. There was a lot more people in the water, so you'd go to Lawrence Town and the reef and it just be packed with people. Now, a Nova Scotia research platform called eOceans is taking these anecdotes and turning them into numbers. Our Ocean in COVID-19 is a two-year study looking at human and animal activity on coastlines all around the world using crowdsourced data. So far, they've partnered with 21 countries. Ronnie Noonan is the Marine Science Communications Director at E-Oceans, based in Halifax. A lot of people are wanting to understand the changes that are happening right now. People can download the E-Oceans app and log what they see on the coasts. How many people are by the ocean, what they're doing, and any animal activity. People are very much rallying around their ocean, uh, and especially like the ocean in their backyard. This bigger interest in citizen science has been a positive of the pandemic, says Tony Walker. He's an associate professor at the School for Resource and Environmental Studies at Dalhousie University. He says the public can make big contributions to environmental monitoring. More people making observations makes the information more reliable, and it's not just good for research. It raises this higher level of environmental awareness about other issues, climate change, invasive species, biodiversity loss, all these things that are perhaps only peripheral on people's radar, but it's only when you get involved that you start to have a eureka moment. eOceans, meanwhile, wants people to contact them to say if they've noticed any changes, or if they haven't noticed any changes by the ocean during the pandemic. The company is also asking about what people are most concerned about in terms of ocean health on the East Coast. We want to reiterate what they're seeing, and we want to put their sightings and their stories on the main stage for research. Results from Our Ocean and COVID-19 will provide baseline information for ocean conservation and policy as society transitions to a new normal. The study will end in April 2022. For The Signal, I'm Sarah Moore.
0: Aidan Towns shared a lyric video this week for his song, What They Are Going On About. While we can't show you the lyrics, we can totally play the song for you. Here's Aiden Towns.
5: There's need to panic, make no mistake. The harder that I tried, the more I had to wait. Too many holdups, so much red tape. It felt like living in a permanent delay. My friends, they told me, you'll find it soon a theory that was sound but had a lack of proof but all that static led me to you i never knew what they were going on about it never figured you were out there but i had my doubts the more that i looked on the bright side the more i
0: That was Aiden Towns with what they are going on about. After our show, hop over to YouTube to watch the lyric video for the song.
1: Coronavirus has many people worrying about their future. Some are even turning to the occult to deal with the anxiety and uncertainty of the pandemic. In Halifax, there's a growing number of people turning to tarot readings. We sent our reporter, Nathan Horn, to check it out.
4: The signs around this downtown shop say neighborhood witch and broom closet tarot. This is the Halifax Witch Shop. Inside there are candles, small trinkets everywhere, and it smells of incense. The woman who greets me is dressed completely in black. Pamela McGinnis is the owner. She offers a tarot card reading.
6: Tarot cards? Uh, Tarot readings? Yes. Um, The system of divination where a reader will read them and try to uh, see if there's messages um, in those cards.
4: Tarot evolved from a simple card game played throughout Europe in the mid-15th century. Decks began being used for divination in the late 18th century and have been a staple of the occult ever since. McGinnis says the pandemic has people looking for some kind of insight or certainty about their future. Um,
6: definitely, we've seen an uptick of people coming in to get readings. Right. But they
4: can some Upstairs, Nyambi Tree is waiting to do the reading. She's the resident intuitive reader. She lays out my cards. She seems surprised, her eyes widen. Oh, I don't know why I just started so quickly like that, I'm <laughs>
6: sorry. <laughs> um, no it's because it feels fast, like things are gonna be moving fast for you, it feels like air, sun, and energy.
0: I agree,
4: things are definitely going quickly.
6: And you're moving so fast, how sometimes you're not able to like, get it as quickly as you want. Does that make
4: sense? Yes, true, I think to myself.
6: That's like reaching a little like burnout mode. So you've been doing a lot of work and having to keep up with a lot of stuff.
4: This reading is surprisingly accurate, touching base on more than a few things I've noticed in my life. Nyambi tells me there will be more stability coming in my life, and that is a comforting thought to take away. I find myself thinking how, in such uncertain times, anything that can provide a little peace of mind is welcome. For The Signal, I'm Nathan Horn, Halifax.
0: You're listening to The Signal on CKDU 88.1 FM. I'm Alec Martin.
1: And I'm Sarah Moore. We're in the audio workshop at the University of King's College School of Journalism. And this is our first week of making a radio show.
0: Yup, and I filed at midnight last night.
1: A lot of people are feeling additional stress and anxiety these days. Routines have been disrupted by lockdowns. Jobs have been lost or fundamentally changed. Children are learning from home. We are all spending a lot more time online, and even grocery store shopping can feel dangerous. Today, we begin a series looking at how we are coping with COVID.
7: Many more families are going to lose loved ones 000, before
3: It's understandable. You to stay in the Blazes home through COVID nineteen.
1: Today, there are no active cases in New Zealand. For our first instalment, Rose Murphy has this look at flotation therapy.
3: Hey, how's it going? Hey Drew, how are you? Oh, not too bad.
2: Good, come on in. Get you to come over here and sign our COVID waiver. Right on. How are you
3: feeling about your session? I'm excited. Cool.
8: Amanda McGinley owns NePs's Flotation Center in Antigonish. Awesome. Around five years ago, she stumbled across the idea of sensory deprivation tanks.
2: And I'm actually sitting inside a pod right now, uh, doing a little maintenance.
8: McGinley is a single mother of two children on the autism spectrum. She also has a brother on the spectrum who sometimes lives with them. As a household, managing sensory overload and emotional regulation were daily struggles.
2: I wasn't really finding anything that would help them understand the base of calm. Like, we were, we were trying so hard to like give them strategies to be calm and to regulate themselves and to bring themselves down out of escalation, and I couldn't figure out anything. And then when I, when I discovered flotation, I was like, this is it. This is how I'm going to teach them.
8: She did some research and discovered Lindsay McPhee's Flotation Centre in Halifax she booked herself a float to try it out.
2: And when I came out of that, I was um, basically vibrating (laughs) with how amazing this whole thing was.
8: Floatation therapy is done in a large pod, which has one foot of water with 500 pounds of Epsom salts dissolved into it. The pod is in a small soundproof room. You put in earplugs and take a shower. and then turn off the lights and get into the pod. You close the lid and lie down and float effortlessly on the water. The salt makes the water incredibly buoyant and takes all the pressure off your joints. The water and the air in the tank are the same temperature as your skin. The boundaries between body, air, and water blur. Some people say it feels like you're floating in space.
2: Basically we're trying to reduce all the sensory input on your body as much as we possibly can. We take away sound, we take away light, we take away gravity, we take away temperature, and you just hang out in here and try to let go of all the stresses in your life and just
8: relax. McGinley started floating her kids once a month in Halifax. She soon started hearing from the teachers they couldn't believe the changes in their behavior her son's ability to focus and stay on task was vastly improved he was no longer constantly on the verge of a meltdown his marks were improving as was his social life mcginley started thinking about all the other people this therapy could help one year ago she opened nepsis flotation there have been a few bumps The pandemic shut her down for a few months, but she reopened in June and people are coming back and they are stressed.
2: There's people that come in and they're sort of like deer in the headlights, stressed, like they can't communicate with me even. So we just bring them in, they do their float and they come out and they're honestly a different person.
8: Drew McPherson is a third year student studying psychology. He got interested in floating from listening to Joe Rogan podcasts.
3: I'm going to be more busy this year than I ever was before because I'm working on a couple of different research projects. Um, I'm doing like uh, TA work at school, all that sort of thing. So I thought it's usually stressful. It's going to be more stressful this year with that and with the the current like pandemic landscape. So it was mainly just looking for other ways to to sort of escape from from the busy, stressful nature of my life right now.
8: He's been floating about three times a month this fall.
3: For me, an hour float honestly feels just more relaxing and more restful than a full night's sleep. At first, you're probably thinking about uh, like your surroundings. like You might be thinking about how the air is a little bit thicker because you're above warm water and all that sort of thing. But once you sort of orient yourself, and you kind of let go. Um, it's hard to wrap words around because I'm like I'm trying to describe you know the the, the lack of of sensation, <laughs> which is like you know describing void is not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> Once you let the thoughts just run their course, then there's sort of nothing, and it, which is incredibly refreshing. And it sounds scary, but it really isn't at all.
8: McPherson struggles with insomnia and improved sleep after floating was a surprise benefit for him. He's so impressed that he wants to base a research project on flotation, studying how the therapy impacts anxiety, depression, and insomnia. Sean Brophy is a tattoo artist. He knows what it's like to live with anxiety.
7: Not to get too personal, but I, I struggle with, with PTSD. I'm a, I'm a retired paramedic. So the first time I floated, when I came out of there, I felt 30 pounds lighter in terms of the pressure on my shoulders, and I felt like that for easily three or four days after that, where just I really, like, nothing could phase me. I, I had no pressures. I had no anxieties. I had no no weight holding me down. For me, so far, it feels like... Really concentrated meditation, like, I miss the last three weeks I'm going to go float. And you do three weeks of meditation in that 75-minute bracket, and it, it, it really works. It's like a cat nap for your soul.
8: He says the sense of a reset he gets doesn't last forever, but it's become a resource he relies on. But now
7: it becomes something that I yearn for, like I'm having a rough week or I'm having a rough day. It's like I, re- I need to go float,
8: you know. Dr. Teresa Donovan is a naturopathic doctor in Enneganish she sees a lot of patients suffering from acute and chronic anxiety. After hearing enthusiastic testimonials from her patients, she decided to try out a
9: float for herself. Every day we feel stress, both with what's going on with work, with home, any acute stress that might be going on, but we're also bombarded with stimuli. So that might be lights from a computer, lights from our buildings, cars, traffic, congestion, noise. Our body has to interpret every stimuli, whether it's light or sound um, or touch, and determine whether that is a fight or flight reaction. Is that safe for us or is it not safe? So our nervous system is always on alert. Donovan says many of us don't even realize we're stuck on
8: high alert. She recommends flotation therapy for many of her patients dealing with stress,
9: anxiety, sleep issues, and chronic pain. When you go into the flotation, the stimuli stops and it's a chance for our nervous system to actually downregulate and it doesn't have to determine any stimuli coming in, whether it's safe or not, and it gets to reset. Floating is also one of the safer therapies with respect to COVID-19
8: distancing. You're the only one in the pod. There were already strict cleaning regimens in place and they've been stepped up even further. Plus, the saturation of salt in the water makes it hard for bacteria or viruses to survive. And the water is filtered through multiple systems—an antimicrobial filter, a UV light, and an ozonator—for an hour between every float. Still, Amanda knows it can take some people a while to come around to the idea.
2: I know it's weird and I know it's different I mean I'm asking you to come float in complete darkness in water for an hour and a half but you know you just got to come try it and see how it impacts your life over time it's an amazing transformation I wouldn't have been able to handle half the stuff I've been handling you know in the last five years without flotation I don't think
8: But the idea of being isolated in a dark, silent space is still intimidating for some people. It might feel claustrophobic or a little freaky. Drew McPherson has this advice.
3: Don't look at it like it's some mystical, psychedelic experience. It's just going to show you that uh, you're holding on to your tension and your anxiety for no reason. You, You can relax. You just need to be in the right environment. And being in a float tank is being in that right environment.
2: So we'll open up the lid, it's very soothing, you get in, lie down, you're going to close this lid, and you're going to turn the light off, and you're just going to let go, let go, let go, let go.
8: But it's not a free environment. Floating typically costs about $65 for a session, and it's not currently covered by health plans but proponents say it's an experience that's worth the cost. For The Signal, I'm Rose Murphy in Antigonish.
1: Thanks, Rose. Now we want to know, how are you coping with anxiety and uncertainty around COVID-19? What are some ways that you de-stress? Tweet our way. We are at SignalHFX. And use the hashtag cope.
0: Hey, Sarah, what did Adam say to his wife on Christmas?
1: I don't know. What did Adam say to his wife on Christmas?
0: It's finally Christmas, Eve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ha ha, that's right, Christmas is coming.
0: Yep, and you can start your Christmas shopping this weekend at one of Halifax's largest and earliest craft fairs, but it's all a little different this year because of gathering limits and social distancing requirements. Chris Banks organizes the Christmas at the Form craft fair.
6: Well, these are handmade products. There's a, They're basically, a craft, it's crafting, so... It's handcrafted, handcrafted products for sale. And you'll get clothing, you'll get like um, scarves, mittens, hats, jewelry, uh, wood signs, wood products. Um, you'll even get food. We'll have like uh, different honeys and mustards and pickles and jams. Uh, Basically like homemade stuff.
0: That's Chris Banks, the organizer behind Christmas at the Forum. It's on today and the next five weekends at the Halifax Forum on Windsor Street. Tickets are $5 a person. You can buy them online and find other information on their website at christmasattheforum.com
1: If you're starting to get into the Christmas spirit, here's something else you might be interested to know about. Neptune Theatre is bringing back a classic holiday tale with Dickens's A Christmas Carol. Jeremy Webb is the creative director at Neptune.
6: One of the really wonderful things about this show is that it's Very family-friendly. It's such a traditional story that so many people recognize. We find that people just love coming and sort of seeing a familiar story at this time of year anyway. uh, Over the 17 years that it's been performed, we've seen a lot of families coming every single year. I've seen... Myself, I've seen kids that came when they were very, very tiny, you know, two or three years old, mm-hmm. into the theatre, and then now they're uh, in their, you know, early twenties, um, watching the show with their parents, and uh, it's a, it's become a bit of a tradition here in Halifax for this show to be on, which is lovely to be a part of. Um, it's a great story of. Um, hope and redemption you know scrooge begins the story as a miserly horrible um self-centered selfish money-grabbing man and by the end of it he's sort of seen the error of his ways and it's about that journey it's that journey that we love to watch as he discovers moment by moment where he went wrong with his life that's jeremy webb from neptune theater
1: tell us
0: how you're feeling about christmas this year tweet us at signal hfx
1: That's our show for today. If there's anything you want to hear again, we'll be posting a link on our social media feeds. Our handle is SignalHFX on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Sarah Moore.
0: And I'm Alec Martin. We'll be back next week with more stories from the King's Audio Workshop. We'll leave you with music from the Tevin Tynes trio. They're playing at the Carlton tomorrow night. Here they are from a previous show with a cover of John Mayer's Don't Trust Myself. Have a great weekend.
7: To whatever you find
0: a baby. Okay, I hit the wah-wah
7: pedal. What no I didn't. Hold on to whatever will get you through. There we go. Hold on to whatever you find a baby. Cause I don't trust myself with hold on to whatever you find, baby Hold on to whatever will get you through yeah. Hold on to whatever you find, baby I don't trust myself with loving you